You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Man, the woman says, it's not me, it's the serpent. Um, you know, and God says, oh my goodness, you've, you have disobeyed me. And he begins to explain to them the consequence of sin. Okay? Um, the consequence of sin. Um, sin is a real phenomenon. It's not a, it's, it's not the most popular thing to talk about in church, but it's, it's critical because um, a proper understanding of sin and the effect it has when it comes to our relationship with God, um, I think is, is critical to us walking with God like we should. Okay, uh, here we see God has created a perfect picture, perfect man. Um, and something happens immediately they disobey God. They come to a place where they are naked, all right? Uh, by the way, uh, something I put in my notes, I'm trying to find it, how that uh, the one who you believe sometimes is a pointer to who you are worshipping. Okay, so your belief, sometimes, your, your, the fact that you put your trust in and you believe a person or God in itself is worship. Because sometimes when we think of worship, we think of a song. But you can sing a song or ten worship songs and not believe God. Right? You can sing the newest, the new Hillsong album out, you know, I don't know, soon. <laughs> no, I thought I saw a Hillsong Young and Free ad during the week. It's out already. Hey, I'm current. I know what I'm talking about. So you can sing all the songs on that album from start to finish and yet not <laughs> be worshipping because you do not believe God. All right, so sometimes we worship our circumstances because we believe them. Okay, sometimes we worship the report of a doctor. Sometimes we worship what a man or a woman said. All right, uh, sometimes someone said to you that you, you will not succeed and we literally worship them or what they have said. We esteem them and the things they have said higher than whatever it is that God has told us. And, and so God says to man, he says to Adam and Eve, this is what should be done. The devil comes and said, did God tell you so? And said, look, God just wanted to cheat you. Right? He didn't want you to enjoy that's what he says to them. All right? And, um, and you know, and, and that is one of the challenges with sin. Is that it takes us away from the place where we are worshipping God. It says, did God tell you that you should not sleep with your girlfriend before you are married? <laughs> God does ju just doesn't want you to enjoy. 
the only ones you don't enjoy. He said, really? He said, yes. He said, don't you see them in the movies? And I'm just drifting away from my message, but I'll come back to it. Just saw this alley, and I thought it was going to go in there. But, but he said, don't you see when they're dancing in the music videos? You see them are being those music videos. He said, you see the way they're dancing? He said, that pleasure ha, is for angels. It's for angels. God does not want you to partake. He said, really? The Bible says, and Eve saw. So you didn't see. The challenge is that when you see what the devil is trying to paint for you, right? We often always come to the same place. Where it's almost as if there's something that we lose. Your heart is turned to God. You're a born-again Christian. There are things you will mistakenly do and sometimes as you you when it finishes as you are saying it from your mouth you immediately feel a sense of loss okay and by the way if you're a christian and you do something that you know is wrong and nothing moves in your heart you need to see your doctor or your pastor or your bible might be that you have then stretched your conscience to a place where it's no longer working. Okay, You know, if you're driving your car and you can see smoke coming out of the engine hood, you know, just vapor, and your temperature gauge on the dashboard telling you it's normal, <laughs> you know there's a problem, right? Or you are driving and the car stops. They open the foil tank, there's no tank. Yeah, your foil gauge is saying, ah, you have full tank. Your conscience is, is a very clear indication of where you are with God. You must keep your conscience alive. Anyway, man's sins introduces sin into the world. In fact, let's read, um, let's read Romans chapter 5. Let's read Romans chapter 5. If you read from verse 12, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. The Bible says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus spread to all, man, all men, because all sin, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Uh, verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance, abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So back to Genesis chapter 3. The Bible says their eyes are open and they realize that they are naked. Preparing for this, I started wondering what did this mean? Where, so, um, Falabi, I apologize in advance, but the best picture I use is if ever Falabi was, okay, yes, I think this is even better. So, <laughs> it's, it's, not, not, it's not a naked Falabi example. It's just, it's one in which Falabi is on a bike, and it happens sometimes. It's a bike ride, power bike, let's say, you know, daily bike is a power bike. You know, and only just after service, you get on it, you guys only show all the girls. We, we have arrived, you know, and you have your face cap. And then he zooms off, but because you don't know how to sit on the bike, as he zooms off, your face cap flies off. 
it doesn't take long before you realize that your head is now naked, right? And then you remember how much you bought the face cast. Tell it stop and you jump down. But for you to realize that you are naked means that there must have been a covering before. There must have been something that 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 entering into sin that Romans 5 speaks about that you lost. In Romans chapter 3 says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Some theologians say, look, it's, it's, it almost seems like there was a covering of glory over man before sin came. Because what, what was it? What was it? There was something about man before sin that they were not ashamed. They, they, were, they couldn't feel shame. They were all right. They were not inadequate in any sort or in any form. The Bible says in verse 7 of Genesis chapter 3, when their eyes opened and the Bible says they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So sin uh, leads to a loss of glory. Sin brings exposure. And just follow me, church, because that question God asks Adam is an extremely powerful one. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were naked? It takes away, sin takes away, in fact, when you read James, when he talks about the process through which sin comes, he says a man has desires, is drawn away, is tempted. He says, and sin will then birth, when it has fully conceived, birth death. Guys, um, and we're not a, I mean, you know that we're, you can even see the room is dark, so you know we're very, uh, what's the word? We're very uh, trendy church, very trendy. Why are we getting more trendy by the day? Ordering a big box of shredded jeans for all pastors. You know, muscle tops. So next year is even a different level. Boots. You know. When you see us, you know that we're... I mean, we're going to grow my hair. You know. It's, it's going to need miracle. Okay, yeah, which one? Yeah. But, but, you know, when God says to man, sin leads to death, all right, he was not joking. And so immediately man sins, there is a sense of nakedness. In fact, not even a sense, there is the reality of nakedness. There is an exposure. There is shame. If I, I say to myself earlier how sometimes when we read through scripture, we miss it. But that God keeps on talking to his people. You know, he would use words like, you will not be ashamed. When he's trying to bring Israel back. He will, you know, you would see it in the Old Testament. You, you would read, you know, Isaiah 54, for example. He, he would say, do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither will you be disgraced. He says, for you will not be put to shame. He says, for you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Because sin brings shame. Okay. Uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, when you read 24 to 25, 
You know, it says some men's, some people's sins are, I think it says they are evident. They are clearly evident. In fact, one, one, it says some people's sins are clearly evident, preceded them to judgment. But those of other men follow later. It means that sometimes sin has immediate consequences. And you don't have to go far. You don't have to go far. If, you, if your sin is that you slap a military man, the consequences tend to be obvious very quickly. Okay? But Jesus comes to restore what was missing or what got missing at the Garden of Eden. Jesus comes to restore it. In Colossians chapter 1 and 21, Paul says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So Jesus brings back our glory cover. Okay, He does because glory is a big deal to God. And I, I just realized preparing for this how very little I understand about glory because we sing the song. I mean, I don't I mean, there's a lot of worship songs. Let your glory fall. You know? I remember there was in the university, there was a gentleman called JB, who was one of our assistant pastors. He, he explained to us how he found that we use so many terms as Christians that we did not understand. So, I became, so I, that's why I started getting interested in trying to define and understand things. So he would say, when we talk about the anointing of God was there. Like, so if you ask 50 different people what the anointing meant, they would give you 50 different estimations. Or not definitions, just estimations. But whatever it was, that covering that God had on Adam, that immediately Adam and Eve sinned, they lost. When Jesus comes back, he brings back our glory. And glory is a big deal to God. That covering, and, and let me try, because glory is not a word I think you can, you can use one definition for. It's so, when you see, because even tangible things have their glory, right? When you see a nice house, it has its glory. It's the glory of the house. When you are in traffic and a nice new Range Rover passes you, you feel the glory of the Range Rover. But there's the glory of God. And it's a big deal also. Okay? It's a big deal. So the psalmist will say in Psalm 3 and verse 3, it says, you are my glory and the lifter up of my head. <laughs> we would look through scripture. Isaiah would say, arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. You read 1 Kings chapter 8. It says, It came to pass that when the priests had come into the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. 
So there's, it's the, as it were, the essence of God's being. It's the overflow of being, as the weight, that's the word. The weight that comes from an interaction with a thing. Jesus brings back that cover of glory for man. Jesus takes away the shame that sin that comes to mankind when he sins. And this is important for us. Is there still any shame in my life? Is there still any fear of condemnation in my life? Because the question God is saying is, is who told you you were naked? I like how James puts it, I think. He says, look, there is a Christian who can be in a place. He says, that Christian, God shows him a picture of what he did on the cross. He says, but that Christian turns away and forgets what manner of man he is. And so what happens to a Christian who has come into Christ Jesus, but has forgotten what manner of man he or she is, is that they keep behaving like they're still naked. They keep resorting. So Adam and Eve will go and look for figs. And cover themselves. And you're wondering, who are you covering yourselves from? Isn't it puzzling? You know, it's just, it's just two of you in the world. So, Father, you are your wife. The whole world. It's one of the joys of getting married and not having kids. You can walk around naked in your house. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Yes, yeah? <laughs> you write very nice worship music like that, Father. I'm so sorry, Father, I'm on your case tonight. <laughs> It's like, why am I sitting in front? Just focus on this glory message, Pierre. Leave me alone. But then, you, but just imagine you by yourself. And then you just get up and you're like, my God, I am naked. I'm ashamed. And then you start to cover it up. And like, you're like, why, why are you hiding from yourself? And as it was with Adam and Eve, so it is with mankind today. Is that there's so many of us and so many people trying to cover nakedness up. And I'm not talking about physical nakedness. I mean, what we do to cover physical nakedness is astounding. We're singlets. I mean, the guys have it easier. And, uh, this, I feel compassion for our sisters, I do. Sometimes when you see the makeup kit, you're like, just one person. <sighs> Tell the lady by yourself, you're all right, you're all right. If I had me ask her, who told you you're naked? Who, who, told you you're naked? <laughs> who told you you were naked? Why? But, but what happens is that there is a vacancy that we're trying to cover up. Sometimes you see a lady, five different days, she's looking very different in all, on all of the days. I mean, my servant PFA was telling me we're at a wedding. He said somebody came to say hi to him. He said he saw the lady coming. He didn't recognize her. He said, oh, it's you. 
<laughs> and we can laugh about it, but um, but the fact that we have to put on a show, the fact that we cannot say what is happening with us, the fact that we are ashamed. The fact that people still go around carrying shame of something that happened 10 years ago. Five years ago. People still carrying the shame of what happened when you went to camp NYC. People still feeling the loss of what happened while you were in university. People still said, I, I, all I did was hang out with Delilah. I went to sleep. I woke up. My hair is gone. I've lost my strength. But God says, who told you that you were naked? Because it says, if any man is in Christ, that he's a new creature, all things are passed away, and all things are become new. And so, it's amazing how God is, you know, because, you know, it, it, when, when man falls, God already has the plan. So, when you read through Revelations, he speaks about the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundations of the earth. God had them covered, even so, Revelations 13, 8. God had Adam and Eve covered from the foundations of the earth. But the devil seeks to bring them to a place where they live, think, and behave as those who are naked. Exposed, ashamed, burdened, weak, afraid. Exposed, burdened, weak. Afraid, constantly aware of imperfection, constantly remembering wrong that was done. Who told you that you were naked? And as I prepared for this tonight, um, the big word on my mind to teach, to talk about, was forgiveness. Was forgiveness. Was forgiveness. Um, I realized that when Adam and Eve walking through that garden, it's the burden that they're carrying that leads them to hide from God. It's one where they know they've done something wrong. They can feel it. They know something has been lost. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, in him, speaking about Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In fact, when you read Colossians chapter 1 and verse 14, 
He says exactly the same thing. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. A Christian who has not accepted that God has forgiven their sins in Christ Jesus will walk around feeling, behaving like they are naked. Constantly dealing with esteem issues, constantly trying to cover stuff up. I say this lightly with, or seriously. That sometimes when we talk to people and say, will you share your God experience? They say, ah, no, 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 my God experience is not, ah, no, no, it's still, it's not ripe. God bless you. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, because they, they want a, they're looking for something in the God experience that when they say, people say, ah, but I was blind, but now I see. How do you see now? What happened to you? It's a man called Jesus, the Son of God. That, sir, is enough God experience. But they want a story that will touch. <laughs> Tell the person next to you, share your God experience. Share your God experience. Share your God experience. Are you still carrying the burden of sin? Are you still carrying the burden of sin? I know you used to be an ex-Yahoo Yahoo boy. Scammed everybody in Germany. <laughs> and he walked away immediately. And it's his conscience, I know. You know. <laughs> it's like, what's that? Oh, rubbish. People cannot just sit in short. They'll be calling out his past. But yeah, it's all right. Or tell the person next to you, tell them it's been forgiven. Sometimes people weigh more than the scale tells. So they, on the scale, what's, I don't know, I'm going to mention weight now. We will just start shouting. But a good weight is like if you weigh 80 kg, that's good, right? Relax. Now, eight, eh? No, 80 is not good. Okay, I've read, I've read weight that is like a faith project for what's the, what good weight? 75. I said 80. He said no, 75. What's the difference between 75 and 80? They are, those are brothers. Okay, if you weigh 40 kg. Okay, I'm the one preaching. If you weigh 60 kg in the physical, but you, you carry yourself, you walk like 250 kg. Because the real weight that you're carrying is not physical. Who told you that you were naked? And just so let's let's take, you know, let's let's take the front seat in that whole drama. Sin has come, Adam and Eve are hiding 
away from God. But you know the iris that they're hiding and they're covering themselves. And God says, who told you that you were naked? Someone says, Pia, you don't understand. It's not just one abortion. It's five. God says, who told you that you were naked? He says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and all things have become new. He says, go and call me your husband. He says, wait, wait, wait. I know you've had how many? Five. Says, and even the one you are shacking up with now, it's not the one you are taking this water to, it's not your husband. Whew. Some of you are shaking your head. You've had five boyfriends at the same time. Okay, sorry. Okay, the men are shaking their head. You know, even now, you are still to timing. You have two girlfriends. How are you different from the woman? <laughs> but, but and if you're that guy, just repent, please. Just repent, repent, and move. In fact, break up with the two. I'm serious. Break up with the two and start honorably. Because sometimes what happens is that I preach and then you put some of your situations are dragging me into paths that I don't want to. Okay, I'm serious. Like I just just preaching message on and focusing on this glory message, talking about it. somebody who has two girlfriends. Your situation is pulling me out. Shall I? Is it you? <laughs> Let's sort it out now. You cannot have two girlfriends at the same time. It's not honorable for a Christian. <laughs> focus, it is focus. Christians are supposed to be some of the lightest people on the earth. God did not create all these figs you are putting on yourself. Because what tends to happen is that some of us cannot really tell our story. So you have your church face. If you have your church clothes, half of these clothes on this side are for Friday nights, Saturday after wedding party. Now, if your pastor saw you in those clothes, <laughs> but then you didn't have the Sunday clothes, full length. <laughs> I know, I go out sometimes, and I follow some people on Instagram. <laughs> I will stop following that. We will not be upset. Holy Spirit of God, help me to land this. I've been asking, you know, in my heart, God, look, this glory that Adam lost. We read Romans chapter 8. It says, look, one man's sin, death entered the whole earth. He says, but those of us who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. He says, we will reign in this life. So, as I say, Lord, you know, this glory, I don't know how it's meant to show up, but it needs to show up. I don't understand everything yet about it. But I realized that I had no right to be ashamed. They might still have the video. But you, you, 
you need to remember the one you believe is the one you worship. But you need to say, guys, oh, that, that guy died, oh. Because Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. They might laugh at you and say, ah, you. You drank three cartons of beer. That party. You're still asking for more. Which kind of born again are you? Oh, tell them, I'm really sorry. That guy is dead. See, until he met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, everything changed. I was saying myself earlier in the day that one of the challenges with carrying those figs and trying to sort out sin by oneself is that we, it, we cannot serve God out of a conscience that is laden with shame and guilt. The Bible says he gives beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garments of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. God has his own clothes for Christians. Forgiveness. It's a simple, very simple, but it is cardinal to our faith. By the way, by the way, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Church people have a penchant for going to try to restore sins that God has forgiven. Don't you know Joe? Joe, the one that impregnated that girl in JS3. You know him, Abi. I now see him in your church. <laughs> and and um, it's would we consider the church not being the one that tries to advertise to people their weaknesses, their failures of the past? Says love hopes all things. Paul says we are persuaded of better things about. You say, ah, that boy that's singing in the choir. He didn't used to smoke weed in school. He was the dealer. He used to sell. <laughs> he said, even this jumping is jumping on stage now. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it. The Bible speaks about uh, the job description of a, of a fellow. Calls him the accuser of the brethren. If he has not recruited you, do not work for him. You cannot be the one trying to drag people down. Paul says, we, we know no man after the flesh. <laughs> Tonight, I don't know who it is, but there is forgiveness of sin available in Christ Jesus. He says, Pierre, you don't, you don't, okay, he says, like, you, did you kill a man? There is forgiveness of sin. Jesus stands, he's not even standing, he's hung on the cross. There's a gentleman who's been convicted on his right. The man appears to him just by chance. So he might not even say, I might not know. And there's mercy available. They bring a woman to him. He said the woman was caught in adultery. So you know when they bring people like that, the woman, they probably have, they've landed her some slaps. And I don't think they gave her the opportunity to dress up. 
and they're about to kill the woman. He says, what do you say? So, anytime you are in that place where you feel burdened by shame, where you feel exposed, where you feel like you're having to deal with something that is the consequence of sin, you, you need to remember what the blood of Jesus did for us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Somebody say, I am forgiven. Uh, no, this is not, people are not talking like that. Somebody say, I am forgiven by the blood of Jesus. It sounded heavy in someone's mouth. So you have to say it again. Just, just talk to yourself. Say, I am forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Christians who do not receive forgiveness find it hard to dispense forgiveness. Christians who do not receive forgiveness find it hard to come into God's love. That's why, you know, John says you cannot hate people. Holy Spirit. Okay. Tonight, we would worship one or two songs and we just pray. But I, and I think one of the things we'll pray about is even someone who is saying, it is says, I'm born again, but I think there's things I've done before I got saved and even after I got saved, which I think have destroyed my life but they cannot be more powerful than the blood of Jesus. While the band decides what we're going to sing, would you hold the hand of someone, anyone tonight? And would you just pray in love over that life? Anybody? Anybody? Just pray in love over that life. I don't know who you're holding. I don't know their name. We don't know their history. Bible says all had sinned and come short of God's glory. It says, but he has come that we may have life. It says in John 10, 10, and life in abundance. I'd like you to pray the glory of God over that life. I'd like you to pray covering over that life. I'd like you to pray the expression of the newness of life over that life. I'd like you to pray. I'd like you to pray. I'd like you to pray. Uh, Isaiah says, it says, it says, you will not be ashamed. It says, you will not be put to shame. You will not be put to shame. You will not be put to shame. Neither will you be disgraced. It says, for you will forget the shame of your youth. You will not remember the reproach of widowhood anymore. Jesus takes away the shame. Jesus brings us cover. Jesus brings us protection. Jesus restores strength. Jesus brings back the glory of God. He says, Christ in us is the hope of glory. It's as if by one man's offense, death reigned in this life. 
He says, how much more those who will receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in this life. Would you pray for that person tonight? That they will reign in this life. Declare that they have received the gift of righteousness. Jesus brings back our glory cover. He says, for thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory, the one who lifts up my head. The overwhelming essence and aura of the king is upon me. Maya la samba hiya na kiyama makaraba. It says as the waters cover the sea, would you pray that your life is filled with the knowledge of the glory of God? Maka melekonde makaraba sariye moko. Declare their light on your feet, their light in the spirit. Mahe yekush, mahe yekush. It says we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin. According to the riches of his grace. It's a big deal. The blood of Jesus is a big deal. The blood of Jesus is bigger than 1986. It's bigger than 1990. It's bigger than what happened in Lori. The blood of Jesus is a big deal. Someone is to ask God, fill my life with your glory. 
forsaken me because God puts our sin upon him who told you that you were naked it says you are a peculiar people a holy nation it says you have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Maragadash Kale Maharaba. Hey, Karabara. It says, Woman, where are those who condemn you? It says, They have all gone. It says, Neither do I condemn you. Mam de Makalebos. Hey, Makarebebebosh. Mam de la Kabare Brigadesh. I'd like us to just take one more worship song, but I'd like you to bring all your heart, all yourself here. Because I, I feel that God is here specifically for someone. I feel there are certain discussions that are outstanding because the, the facts are simple. Jesus died on your behalf. It doesn't matter what it was. It doesn't matter where it was, how long it was. Jesus died on your behalf. Rikaba rab rogodosh kaleba rab ragadash. Mamba rab ragadash kelebo ribrigadesh kaleba ribrigadosh. Mamba rab ragadash kelebo santa maka rab ragadosh. E makalaba ribrigadesh adaba. I we glorify your name. I like what I know. You are the one who pours mercy. 
worship God this evening. I don't know what it is with you and God tonight, but I like us to just worship Him. I like us to just worship Him. I like us to just worship Him. Because you are in church, but you are still hiding from God. You are still gathering figs. And God says, who told you you are naked? He says, I sought this out. I sorted this out. All over this place. Let's just speak in tongues for a minute, please. Because maybe there is someone here who felt they did something and they said that was all. That was it. Tonight we declare that the resurrection and the life is in this place. You thought you blew your only chance. Manda, but God is a God of endless opportunities. Let's just pray in the spirits. Maybe you dropped out of school. Maybe you got kicked out of a job. Maybe you lost a relationship. But you received forgiveness from God. Look at him. Tonight we call for the power of resurrection. We know that Abel's blood is calling for vengeance. But the Bible says there is the voice of the blood of Jesus that speaks better things 
Manda Lagado. Tonight we release those better things over your life. Manda Macarambare. It says, Show me where it fell. Tonight we release resurrection power over your life. Mando Logodosh. Mando Logodosh. Mando Logodosh. You lost a reputation. We release the power of God over your reputation. Mando Legadesh. You Makanda Magadam Pragadosh. You lost your hair. We release the resurrection power, the restoration power of God in the name of the Lord Jesus. You lost the job. Manda Kalibos. We release the resurrection power in the name of Jesus. You lost access. We release the power of resurrection in the name of the Lord Jesus. You lost favor. You lost money. We release resurrection power. You lost time. We release resurrection power in the name of the Lord Jesus. He says, Who the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.